You're listening to the award-winning Blue Jay Boys Show on WRSC with Big Chuck, Sackman, and Senor D. How's everybody doing? This is Big Chuck coming at you live with WRC 88.7 FM Blue Jay Radio. And you're listening to the Blue Jay Boys Show, the award-winning sports talk show here on WRSC. I'm your host, Big Chuck. I got Sackman to the left of me. Senor Diaz is out another week here. We hope to get him back coming up soon here, but get studying, Josh. Get studying. Midterms are more important, baby. Uh, we got a great show for you folks today. As always, we're going to start off with our food battle for the week. Our food battle this week is chicken and waffles against a Nashville hot chicken sandwich. It both looks delicious. We're going to get into that right away for you. After that, we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears getting their first win of the season. And then we'll go through the rest of the NFL slate as per usual. To start off here, guys, as always, we will start with spinning the wheel for this week's food battle. We had a lot more contestants. This is by far our most participated uh, food battle yet going on between the two seasons of the show. Shout out Bryce Gable. Shout out Bryce Gable. Here we go. I'm going to spin the wheel here. We got about 16 contestants. Big spin. And we're slowing down here. I don't think it's going to be JP ever. And we got Talon W. Talon West, you are this week's food winner. You get $20. We'll hit you up with some cash or on Venmo, whichever you prefer. Uh, We'll talk on Instagram through DMs to get you your pay. All right, folks. Let's get into this food battle. We have uh, Fry the Coop, a local Elmhurst place, local Illinois place. We got their chicken and waffles going up against their own uh, Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Exactly looks like he's starting to get ready into this chicken waffles. As always, we rate these based off of their appearance uh, coming out of the box here, their overall taste, and then how much they cost compared to how good they are. Those are our three weight ratings. Exactly. Let's get started on these chicken waffles. You've dug into the waffles already. What are the waffles tasting like? They're nice and soft, nice and fluffy. They got some good flavor to them. The, The maple syrup is good. It's quality syrup. Uh, I give the presentation. It's a ten. It looks delicious. Yeah, looks like that you always see on your Instagram Explore page. Uh, I'll give the taste. I'll give it a nine out of ten. Uh, in terms of cost, Fried Coop is very expensive. It's a well-known fact. So we'll give that a six out of ten. Yeah, all this mixed together, the waffles. He's right. Super fluffy. They got bacon in them, wow. which is top tier choice. The chicken for these ones, we just got uh, the regular basic breaded chicken. Uh, for the spicy chicken sandwich, obviously, we went spicy on that one, but we wanted to save our taste buds a little bit on the chicken and waffles. The breading on these is fantastic on the actual chicken tenders. It's super crispy. The chicken's super um, moist, definitely easy to eat, not tough at all. Again, like Sackley said, it's a little more of an expensive meal. These were about $16 a piece for the chicken waffle meal. For the taste, though, like... This by itself would fill me up, even beyond the sandwich. I think I would give that a good, like, 8 or 9 out of 10. Presentation, like you said, these look gorgeous. Like, for any takeout food, like, it's set up well in the box. It stayed together well. Um, Nothing's really, like, dried out. Absolutely phenomenal. I give that a strong 10 out of 10. And then taste. um, Together, all three components, the maple syrup is delicious, the sauce is delicious, the chicken and waffle, 10 out of 10. That's a good uh, 28 out of 30 for me on these. Let's hop right into the spicy chicken sandwich. Again, these are both from Fry the Coop. 
local place here in Elmhurst, we went to um, Firewater Barbecue, which is like right next to Fry the Coop, uh, a little earlier in the season. Chicken sandwich. Sackley's about to dig in here. Got coleslaw on these, pickles. Uh, we took like the mild sauce, which is like the wimp sauce, I guess, there. Yeah, but wimpy. I've had their like medium sauce, and it kills you. That's like their medium sauce. It's wild. Oh, Sackley just. <laughs> That was a good crowd. They have uh, their coop sauce on this, too, which I don't really know what that is. I think it's a white barbecue sauce or something like that. It's delicious. Mm. Yeah, that's a good chicken sandwich. Some nice ASMR for you guys. Again, chicken is super crispy. Um, The hot, like, it's like the perfect amount of spice. There's a nice little kick in there, but it's not overpowering at all. Yeah. Kind of like what I said with the tenders. The chicken's super moist. The breading's super crispy. Like, it's a perfect chicken uh, breast in there. I'm not a huge pickle guy, but the pickles work really well with this. Like, I usually take pickles off. I left yeah. them on for this. It goes well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What would you rate this one? 30 out of 30. This is beautiful. <laughs> I think that's his first perfect score out of yeah, anything this, this is perfect. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> I'm usually an angry person, but not right now. <laughs> I wouldn't no, say you're an angry person. I would say maybe you're a manic person sometimes. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I get a little homicidal, but <laughs> it's all right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think personally I like the chicken and waffles a little bit better. If I'm going to rate this based on appearance, it doesn't look like as perfect as the chicken and waffles did coming out of the box. I think it looks still pretty good. I would give it like an 8 out of 10 compared to like a 10 out of 10. It doesn't look like too much different than like any other chicken sandwich I've seen on the market or anything like that. Um, the overall taste, like Sackley said, a ten out of ten. I would maybe even give it like a nine out of ten though. The piece of chicken's a little too thick for my liking. I like, I like it nice and thick. <laughs> you like nice and thick chicken. Uh, it's a little too thick for me. I would like it a little bit, uh, like smashed out a little bit more. Um, but still, I like I said, absolutely delicious. Besides that, the coleslaw is phenomenal. The uh, coop sauce, phenomenal. And cost, I was, these were about uh, $12 a piece compared to the 16 that the... It's worth it. Yeah. I think compared to other chicken sandwiches on the market, this is definitely meets meets its price range. Uh, I would give that a 10 out of 10. Overall, I'm picking oh. the chicken and waffles to win. Sackley, what are you picking? Getting the sandwich. We got a little bit of a tie here, folks. Let us know on our story when we post on there which one you think will win for this one since we're a little at odds. If Josh was here, I think Josh is picking the chicken and waffles. Probably, That's that's what I'm saying. So we'll give the chicken and waffles the win for us right now. But you guys tell us who you think would win on our story. Congratulations to Taylor for winning our $20 this week. We'll be posting a new food battle for next week tomorrow around 11 a.m., That one, we are going with a pizza battle since the Detroit Lions and the New York Jets both had big wins this week. We're going Detroit style, probably Little Caesars. That is by far my favorite pizza, like fast food pizza place. And we'll be going up against a uh, New York style pizza. There's like bocce around here. So we'll let you guys know which one we're picking for that. Let's get right into the NFL stuff for this week. Starting off with the Chicago Bears. Hallelujah. (laughs) Finally winning a football game after so many very painful weeks here, like a whole month of just pain for Chicago Bears fans. 14 weeks, 14 consecutive games, we won a game. 
Yeah, we did celebrate like it was a Super Bowl in the locker room, but hey, I don't blame them. I felt the same way. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, it was a glorious night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Justin Fields, DJ Moore, the connection finally working. That was, I mean, eight for 230 and three touchdowns. I mean, no other receiver had a pass. They didn't need to. Mm-hmm. They just said, we're going to step back and watch this greatness. I mean, what Chicago Bears fans have been saying the entire first couple weeks of the season was that you just had to throw him the ball. Yeah, you trade a number one pick for him, not give him the ball. And you saw what happened. This man, like, some of those passes, like, Justin Fields had a very good game. Some of them weren't even great passes that he threw to DJ Some Moore. of them were, you know, one more inch here, one more inch there. It's a pick six. Like, that last Easy. touchdown, I'll give Justin some credit because we won a well-placed ball. But that could have easily been the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then to do oh, this gosh. without, like, a very dominant run game, honestly, which is like. Yeah, I mean, the, all th- Three of our running backs got hurt, so Kari Blossom was our bell call running back for the last quarter and a half of the game. Which, I mean, for being a fullback that probably had like 20 career carries, that was, he did a pretty good job. But I mean, when we did have the guys, we looked great running the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, my biggest takeaway from the offense personally is, because you can sound weird, is the offensive line. I mean, going up against that front with you know Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montrez Sweat, who dominated us last year, when you go up against that front with the quarterback that likes to hold on to the ball for a long time, to run the ball efficiently so well that we were running Khalil Herbert right behind Tevin Jenkins on third and eight, third and seven in the first half and getting it every single time and getting all the fourth and ones, third ones with the tush push with good pass pro the whole night. That was awesome. That's what we wanted to see. I mean, we had Darnell. We, we were pulling Darnell right, getting him on the move. He was just a road grader, just throwing guys around. Uh, Nate Davis who I've been a harsh critic of, played some ball. He played a great game. I think every Bears fan has been a harsh critic yeah. of him. <laughs> uh, Whitehair was at back at his natural center once Patrick got hurt with his concussion. I think he had a concussion naturally, but whatever. Uh, that was great. And then Borum, my man Borum, filled in great. But what really excited me is Tevin Jenkins was back. <laughs> that was such a Chad performance. I mean, he literally came in. He, he, you literally see the expression on the face. It was like a... It was like a like a hunting dog on the first day of hunting season. He was ready to go. He was like, about time you put me in. And then we literally just ran behind him on every single run game, run play the rest of the game. Played great. was pancake guys. After the game said that Washington was lazy, refused to elaborate, then went home. It was awesome. <laughs> it was literally like that Chad meme where he just says something crazy, refuses to elaborate, then just like leaves. That's literally what it was. <laughs> I mean, I... He ran the ball great as well. Yeah. After after what we saw, going back to the line, after what we saw through these first four weeks, any kind of good was like music to my ears for the Chicago Bears. We look great. And like, granted, Washington in like overall is not the best team. But that defensive line is could be so dominant on certain days for the O line to play that well. Especially when they've played bad against worse O line so far or D line so far, mm-hmm. for them to play that well gives me a lot of hope for the rest of this season. Exactly. Where do you see this team in ten weeks after what we've seen in these first five weeks? Wait, if it's a team that we saw in the first three three and a half games, I mean, yeah, we're in for a rough season. But these last you know game and a half, we've been fantastic. This is a team where I could see, hey, we beat the Vikings, we go Justin Jefferson. 
We beat the Raiders and Chargers, and all of a sudden we're back at 4-4. Four and four. And we're a team that's fighting for the 6th or 7th seed. I can see us doing that. It's just all going to predicate on which team shows up. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even our terrible D-line was looking dominant at some points in that game. And Billings set the tone with that first 30 inches stop on the first defensive drive of the game to get a TFL. I mean, DeMar- Demarcus Walker came alive. He had four tackles, two TFLs, and a sack. Yannick Ngakwe got Ngakwe a sack. Ngakwe had a sack, should have had two more, but I guess Sam Howell's just really strong. <laughs> so he had that little quarter stretch where he was just untackleable. I mean, in that in his defense, too, we have seen him be strong. Yeah, he's a strong guy. <laughs> he's a he's a beast. Uh, then what really had me excited was Gervon Dexter had a dominant game. Mm-hmm. He had that sack on that two-point conversion, but I guess for whatever reason, since it's a two-point conversion, they don't count it as a sack. It doesn't get it's kind of bogus. But he had like four or five. He was credited with two quarterback pressures. He really had like four or five. Mm-hmm. He had a bunch of quarterback hits. He was getting back there every play. That was That's really exciting. That's the guy we basically chose instead of Jalen Carter. That's our top second-round pick right there. So I was very excited by that. Mm-hmm. That and Pickens had a couple decent plays. You know, The whole deal, the last you know quarter, quarter and a half of the game, they were playing pretty dang well. They only allowed 40 rushing yards the whole game. Mm-hmm. Most of them were just off Sam Howell scrambles. So, if they can play like that, what I want is we keep winning games. Pulls, since we have all the draft picks in the world, we're going to have a top th- two or three draft pick with the Panthers. They're terrible. So, we're going to trade that for you more picks when we're good. Go out and get, if the Giants keep struggling, go out and get a Leonard Williams or a Dexter Lawrence. Go out and get a, say the Raiders keep on struggling, maybe get get our old friend Blau Nichols, someone mm-hmm. like that. They're not going to give up Crosby. I'd love Crosby, but that was not going to happen. Go get a, a couple players like that and really fortify it because, you know, our secondary is only going to get better. These backups, Greg Stroman, round of applause. Mm-hmm. Interception, sack. I mean, he was our third-string nickel corner because Gordon got hurt, Josh Blackwell got hurt, who I was excited about. He played fantastic. I think uh, Terrell Smith, a rookie. I would say give a hand to that entire backup yeah. defensive back group. That was they played great. a phenomenal performance by them. Considering... The only thing bad was that brisker celebration he kept on doing. Other than that, they were perfect. <laughs> and that's going against like a team that has a pretty solid pass. They got offense. McLaurin, they got Dotson. Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas is a solid tight end. I think Trey McBride has a uh, future as a pretty good tight end. Yeah, but that, that was impressive. And they passed the ball pretty well through four games as well, going mm-hmm. into that game. So. Well, I mean... and. The fact that they basically exclusively threw the ball this game. I think they had, they had yeah, 10 total rushes. 51 attempts, I believe. Yep, 10 total rushes on the other side of the thing. And yeah. six of the, or four of those were Sam Howell. Yeah. So that was very impressive. I was impressed. So mm-hmm. great job in the secondary. Our linebackers, you know, Edmonds and Edwards, they're uh, woodpeckers in a petrified forest can, right now. I continue to... Not be happy with their performance. They were missing tackles left and right. I saw nothing special. As I said, Woodpecker in the Petrified Forest, <laughs> not worth anything. But hey, you got Sanborn still. I'd like maybe those two big big name free agents start playing a little better, and then also we have a dominant defense. Mm. But yeah, I also saw some weird stat that the Bears have allowed the least amount of yards, rushing yards before contact. Which is insane. That's only forty-two on the season, considering what we were doing last year. But in the, the only defense. problem is we're still not a great run defense because we can't tackle. <laughs> we had like ten missed tackles this game. Clean that up, even better. Edmonds and Edwards talking to you mostly. Mm-hmm. If you guys are gonna get paid like that, I expect the production. If you're in Chicago, 
linebacker center. You need to perform well. Mm-hmm. But hey, this is what this is the team we thought that we were going to see week one of the NFL season against the Green Bay Packers. Justin Fields taking that next step, passing the ball, still running it a little bit, but not as much. He had 57 yards, season high. DJ Moore having a great game. That's what we saw from offense with Cole Komet making plays here and there and ru- having a solid run game. That's what we expected. We're not finally getting it. We were expecting a defense that wasn't going to be great, but hey, good enough. Bend but don't break. Make a couple plays here and there. That's mm-hmm. what we saw. Now, this is the team that we need to see more often. If we can get that type of performance every week, mixed in with a little bit better coming out of the second half because we came out bad. I thought we were going to blow it. If Joey Sly makes that kick, who knows? Maybe we do blow it, but he missed it. Mm-hmm. This is what we need to continue. The big question with the Chicago Bears so far, at least for us on this show, has been what happens with Justin Fields and the coaching staff. Um, after these past this past game specifically, and then for Justin Fields that past two games, what happens with this team now? Does that change? Are we still set on Caleb Williams? What what happens now? I mean, this upcoming game against the Vikings, this is a must-win. Like, I wouldn't rule out firing Iberflus if he gets smacked this game. Mm-hmm. This staff, they, they have a lot more work to do than Fields. Fields, for as bad as we've said we, he's played this year, he's like second in the league in touchdown passes right now. He went from 129 yards passing a game last year to, I believe he's at like 215, 220. So that's a 100-yard that's a improvement, basically. That's fantastic. And he's still, you know, he still makes stuff happen in the run game. He really hasn't even done that. Imagine when we let him do that a little more, get him which, going. Which I'm not like, honestly, I'm not overly mad with him not running the yeah, ball. I'm, yeah, I'm not, like I'm not mad about that either. I'd rather just, keep him healthy. Yeah. I just, you know, uh, those 80 yard touchdowns were kind of cool. Yeah. But uh, but he was also running for his life on most of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for, for Fields, I mean, I don't want to have the number one. Well, if the Panthers have the number one overall pick, perfect. But. For our sake, our draft pick, I don't want to be that bad. We have a team that can win games. We have a team that I think can be the sixth or seventh seed in the NFC. Other than the Cowboys, not the Cowboys, sorry. I apologize. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> other than the 49ers, Eagles, I'll throw in the Lions and Seahawks. Other than that, there's no team that really impresses me. The Cowboys have beat both New York teams and the, and the um, Patriots, who are now terrible. So they don't impress me. They're a team that, if they lose one more game, it could go off the rails. Mm-hmm. Giants are gone. Yeah. They're terrible. We're better Awful. than the Giants. <laughs> the Rams. <laughs> I don't know what the Rams are at this point. Yeah. I would say, you know, three of those teams in the NFC South are scrappy, too. Yeah, I mean, the Buccaneers, they'll probably win that division. I don't trust the Saints. I think the Falcons, if they can Falcons, put stuff together. We're going to fight the Falcons for the <laughs> six or seven seed. Yeah. Them in the uh, Saints, maybe. Yeah. Just because the Saints will have the defense to win at least eight games. But, hey, they're all old. A couple injuries here and there. That defense could fly off the wall. Which happens quite a lot for the Saints. Yeah, that is a seen. Saints yeah. thing. <laughs> so, I don't want to have to, you know, get Caleb Williams. If we do have number one pick and say Justin Fields has 30 touchdown passes, he's on pace to break all of our records. I mean, that's kind of hard to do that to your guy that, that owns all your rushing and passing records, but I can understand it. Personally, I want to make the playoffs. This is what I want. I want to make the playoffs, probably losing the first or second round. That's that's our ceiling, my opinion. And then 
you know, we pick a good player with our pick, and then we have that Panthers pick, and if it's number one overall, we trade it for uh, just a, a bounty of riches, and we just build a super team like the Dolphins have done. Mm-hmm. Dolphins started out, they were bad, but they had that Laramie Tunsil trade that was an embarrassment of riches, two first-round picks for Laramie Tunsil, and they had the Mickey Fitzpatrick trade, which was another first-round pick and a couple other picks. That's what I kind of want to do with the Panthers pick, if we become decent. Mm-hmm. Like, if we go 9-8, and eight, which I think we can... That's what I want to do, and just build a super team. I think what's huge about the Laramie Tunsil trade and the Mika Fitzpatrick trade, and I think this is what the Dolphins front office has done really well, is they, they've evaluated talent very well. I think the Bears office needs to be able to do that first you need before to get you're doing that. The, yeah. Because both Laramie Tunsil and Mika Fitzpatrick, although they are two of the best players at each of their positions, <clears throat> respectively, um, neither one of them has really helped their teams win games. And I think that yeah. shows what the front office thought of those two players and like what they expected of them going to their new teams and going coming into this team, that they didn't feel like those two players elevated their team enough to win them games, but they also knew they were good enough to get something in return for them. And I think the Bears have to be able to figure out who those players are on their team right now. And sadly, I think some of those guys are guys we just gave contracts to. I think Tremaine Edmonds is a guy who doesn't really elevate you that much, but is still Edwards, a very... Yeah. Edwards. I think Jalen Johnson's one of those guys in the long run. I, I'm i not paying Jalen Johnson because he, for example, has missed the last two, three games. I'm not going to pay a guy that only plays 11, 12 games a year. Mm-hmm. If he wants to come back, okay, you're going to take a nice little deal. But I do agree with you 100%. We need to start doing that. Mm-hmm. Our talent evaluation over the last 20, 30 years has not been good. We need to start hitting on all of our draft picks. Mm-hmm. But And then now, going into our draft picks, I mean, Gervon looks better day by day. I'm very excited about his future. Darnell Wright is starting to figure things out. As a rookie, he's basically been our best offensive lineman so far. That's a good thing. We got those two. Pickens is still a work in progress. He had a half a sack against the, the Broncos. He makes a play, one play a game where it's like, ooh, nice. It's Terrell Smith, very nice. He filled in. He got an opportunity. He made the most of it. I'm very happy with that. Tyler Scott, we hyped him up all offseason. I don't want him to be our next Riley Ridley, the third-day <laughs> draft pick that we never play. I want, to, I, want, I, want, I want a deep ball from him this next game. Mm-hmm. At least throw it to him. See what happens. We got Sewell. I would like to see him play a little bit. Sanborn, I love Sanborn, but... Yeah, he hasn't really done anything crazy this year. Well, let's give the rookie a chance. This guy was almost a first-round pick at one point. Other than that, I think this class has been okay so far. It's a little early, too early to tell. But I think you, we got some building blocks. Ty- Tyreek Stevenson. Oh, I, think- oh. <laughs> I apologize. He's I, he's been pretty good. Sorry, you go. You talk about him. That's your Miami game. I what he has shown as like just a pure football player. He has that. He's a dog. He got the dog. He likes to. He likes to play. He likes to. He likes to be out there. He has the energy. His problem. He's just very undisciplined. Yeah. As a football player, too. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think you get that a lot with guys like that from the U. And it's also kind of like a toss of the coin if that guy is going to work out then. But I see something in Tyreek Stevenson that's going to make him work. His size and his His ability. Mm I think there's something there. And like you said with all the other guys, Darnell Wright's slowly but surely figuring it out. Darnell Wright's going to be a very good right tackle in this, in this mm-hmm. league. 
we have we have pieces like you said that we're not using right now that could be used. Tyler Scott, Noah Sewell. I think both of those dudes have a lot of high potential. So kind of going back to what we were saying before about like kind of evaluating talent, give these guys shots. Start start figuring out which guys are expendable and start figuring out where we can move them. Kind of another name I thought. I think Darnell Mooney's pretty expendable. Start giving Tyler Scott those reps. I love Mooney to death. I love him so much. But at this point, yeah, he is expendable. Like I was saying before, he's not going to really help you win games. He's a very solid player. To a very good team already, he's going to help you win games. To the Bears, he's not helping you win games. That's like the Chiefs will use him to win games, but not the Bears. I agree with that. So, you know, giving these younger guys shots kind of fits into all of that. And if we're going to keep getting this many draft picks and these many young players, we have to give them shots. Yeah. Even if even if there are sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick, do it. What do we have to lose? Yeah. Like we, ha- we have great games like this, and then there's still players who are out there who aren't living up to their billing. If we don't think we're going to be good this year, which I don't think the Bears think they're going to be good, I think this was a crazy game. I don't think the season's going to go like how this game. I, I love your optimism. Yeah, I, I could very easily see it. Snowballing, continuing to snowball. I can easily mm-hmm. see that. I think, I think a lot of this game was a lot of pent-up fr- frustration by a lot of guys in the Chicago Bears organization. Yeah. I think Luke Getze was tired of people saying stuff about him. So I think he changed his game plan and just said, screw it. That's we're what they do said. It. They said Iberflus was aggressive and Getze was aggressive. Uh-huh. They said, screw it. I think Justin Fields these past two weeks has just said, screw it, because he's kind of the same way as Getze. He hates people talking down on him. And I think all that is awesome for two weeks until this type of aggressive play calling and aggressive play style catches up to them and they're back at square oh, yeah. one. When they go against a better team, that's not going to work. It's it's going to get them killed. It might work against you know the Vikings and the Raiders in the next two weeks, which, hey, if we get to three and four, I mean, we already matched our win total from last year through seven games, so that's success right there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, against you know the, the Lions, the, some of the other harder teams we have on our schedule, that's not going to work. But that's also we still have to beat the Vikings and the yeah yeah we, yeah we we could very easily lose to those teams as I well. I think both of them have more talent than the Chicago Bears right now, and that they both could beat the Chicago Bears. Not, pretty not the Raiders. Vikings I mean, do not the Raiders. Yeah, but the Raiders, in my opinion, I think the Raiders, and we'll we'll talk about that game next. They have Max Crosby. Yeah, I think that team has potential to be better talent, higher talented than the Chicago Bears. Yeah, and they showed that in the other game, the game the other night. Um, I wanted to talk about the Washington Commanders for a little bit. What is Sam Howell? I mean, he's played well this year. I mean, he's quite interesting. I did not expect him to play this well. I mean, I I had a second-round grade on him, so it was much higher than the rest of the NFL. They, he fell to the fifth or sixth round. It's because, you know, his last year, he lost his two receivers to the NFL and his two running backs, a couple offensive linemen. So he had a... You know, freshman around him, he had a kind of a rough year. He had Drake May probably breathing down his neck as well, making plays in practice, but hey, we're not going to bench you, Sam, because you're good, but we got Drake May over here, so be careful. That probably didn't help, but I I think he's so far he's earned another year as your starter. I mean, there's not going to be much better because they're, they're going to win seven, eight games, so you're going to be picking, what, 18, 19? You're not going to get much better than him. Mm-hmm. He's played well. He played well against the Bears. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had no run game. The pass pro wasn't great. The receivers were dropping balls. 
he still played well. I mean, you can't. I'm not giving up on him. The his teammates love him, which you always gotta bring it to account. Mm-hmm. Fans like him. I I mean, I, he's your guy for now until he let's see if he has more four interception games. He's your guy. Mm-hmm. What so out of like all the rookie quarterbacks coming into this year's draft or potentially coming into this year's draft, where would you cut the line for saying you would switch from Sam uh, Howell? Like where what what quarter, quarterback in this year's draft would be like the last straw that you would change over to say, from Sam Howell? I would obviously switch for Caleb. Mm-hmm. I would switch for Drake May. Just kind of rough. In the yeah, that would, may, but that would be sad. Drake May is talented, man. <laughs> He's got that athletic family. Shadur is not coming out this year. I really don't think Shadur is coming out this year. He wants to be number one overall pick. He wants to finish what he started with his dad and Travis Hunter and Shiloh and all the HBCU guys that came over to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. They want to finish that together, which I don't blame. That's the right decision. So after that, you got Quinn Ewers. Sam Hartman, Cam Ward, me. I, I really like Cam Ward, but I'm stopping it at Drake May. After Drake May, there's no one I would switch for. I don't really trust Ewers that much because he, he just hasn't really played a lot. He will end up being experienced, but I think he's good. It's just that Sarkeesian, you know, RPO system. Like a lot of the Alabama quarterbacks, yeah, they're good now, but it took them a while. Like, Mac Jones is really good. It's not all his fault, but he's playing bad now. Took Tua till year, what, three? Mm-hmm. Yeah, year three to start really start playing well. Hurts took, you know, year three. I know they're all obviously different players, but, you know, the pedigrees, it's just... Plus, the Texas quarterbacks really haven't really panned out. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a ton, but Colt McCoy. Yeah, a couple since of the Vince other Young. Guys, yeah, the Vince, half Vince Young didn't pan apart. out. He's t- he's taken some hits so far in college as well. He had a f- he had injury issues last year, and so I'm stopping at Drake May. My my thing with Quinn Ewers, like I just feel like he's destined for the Patriots. He seems like a Patriots guy to me. Yeah, and I think that is just a death place for quarterbacks. Like in this, he doesn't era. have the personality for that place. He's a little too fun for that. Yeah, and I don't. Know, I think like when you go to New England as a quarterback. And, like, it, especially, again, like I said, in this era, you are automatically compared to Tom Brady. That means- And that is extremely high praise to live up to. And I don't think very many guys can live up to that. I think that's kind of what happened to Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones has talent. And I think that he just couldn't handle that type of pressure from this organization. Yeah, that. Now that they gave full control to Belichick, who's the worst GM in the league. Mm-hmm. It's you're gonna you're gonna go there and your number one receiver is gonna be like Tyquan Thornton, <laughs> who was a seventh rounder. Everyone projected him to be a seventh rounder, but they picked him in the second round. Or Ken- Kendrick Bourne right now. Yeah, like people who are not number one overall receivers. Yeah, but they're they're sneaky athletic. Yeah, and they they do the hard things. Yeah, they 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 practice hard. You know, <laughs> they finish the runs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bill Belichick. Yeah, you could uh, like. I don't like calling Bill Belichick a fraud. But before Tom Brady in Cleveland, okay, he had one good year and that was it. Ever since Tom Brady's left, I mean, they've been a bad team. Other than that little 14-game stretch at start 2021 where they were the one seed and then they fell to the sixth seed. Last year was bad. This year is terrible. 
Let's just go over to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. In that game, the Saints too. Mm-hmm. That was a stupid game, but here we go. <laughs> They've been terrible. 2020, they were awful. 2021, they had the defense to do it. It's just, why didn't you just re-sign Tom Brady and give him weapons? They easily could have won one more Super Bowl with Brady. Maybe For sure. two. For sure. Because they had the defense in 2020, and they almost made the playoffs with Cam Newton throwing the practice squad guys mm-hmm. with COVID and a concussion. That's just Brady's, uh, Belichick's ego got in the way. Looking at this Saints beatdown of the Patriots, is this more the downfall of the Patriots, or are the Saints still still competitive? Downfall of the Patriots. The Saints will be competitive because they have a defense. Simple as that. You have a top-five defense in the NFL, you're going to be competitive in games. Their offense wasn't that impressive. One of the touchdowns was a pick six, so they scored 25 points. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not bad against the Belichick defense in Boston, but... But Derek Carr hasn't thrown over like an average of 10 yards in the past two weeks. Yeah, he has all these weapons, and he can't do anything with them. You got Kamara back, so the run game's getting a little bit of a boost. But their offense is very just, ooh, I can see why Pete Carmichael never got play-calling duties in the 15 years he was with <laughs> Sean Payton. It doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. And the offensive line has really declined. I mean, obviously losing Tramar instead of Dolphins and then replacing him with Trevor Penning. <laughs> I think that might have been, like, when you look back on all the off-season signings and stuff, that might have been one of the most impactful off-season signings that nobody is talking about. Yeah. Because of how bad Trevor Penning has been so far. I was never a fan of him in small school. I mean, just look at the film. He had no technique. He's just hip-whipping guys because he's going against FCS dudes. Mm -hmm. He's going against guys that are now, like, you know, account executives. He, he, he was a social media offensive lineman, which is hard to do. That <laughs> Loki, he had like mental issues because the way he talked, the way he gets into a fight every day at practice. Okay, I like the chip, but come on, dude, you you have little issues. Like one one day you gotta sit down and be like, I'm just gonna play football because I'm getting paid millions of dollars and stop being a big baby. Yeah, <laughs> and then Andrews Pete. I mean, he was a Pro Bowler, top five guard, and he now he's their backup. They're paying him twelve million a year to be a backup. That is RJ's least favorite player as a Saints fan. I, I don't know what happened to him. I really that's kind of an interesting case no one talks about. They lost uh, Larry Warford. I don't know whatever happened to him. He opted out of COVID. Mm-hmm. Was a three straight Pro Bowls before that, and then never played again. So something happened with him. Mm-hmm. McCoy's a solid center. You got Ramchek. You got two offensive linemen out of five. But with Eric McCoy and Ryan Ramchek, and I noticed this like not as much in this game, but a lot of their other games this season, is that both of them, like, they both have the injury issues. And you yeah. can see it when they're playing right now, especially yeah. with how weak everybody else is around them in that offensive line. You can see, like, the pain it, that they're playing That with. does them no favors when they have to go out and be the best ones. Exactly. Every single week. And then with, again, both their injury history, histories, that just beats you down, and that can't last an entire season. I would not be surprised if they're not in the starting offensive line by the end of the season because they're both injured. They'll be on IR for four weeks at some point. Yeah. Probably at the same time, too, knowing the Probably, Saints Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, Alvin Kamara has been, like you said, one of the most impactful pieces of the Saints offense so far. Michael Thomas has also been extremely impactful in the Saints offense. Yeah. What What is the direction this team needs to go in the future, knowing how little cap space they have? Knowing, you know, not really going to be in a good position for draft picks. And 
like all half your team's gonna retire in about two seasons probably. They, I felt they should have blew it up after the 2022 season. The fact that they, okay, congrats. If you the best case scenario, you go ten and seven, nine and eight, and you win your division, and you get bounced in the first round. I don't know why they decided to give Derek Carr 130 million, then draft a quarterback, and still pay Jameis Winston. I don't know why. You, I can guess understanding keeping Michael Thomas because it was on a cheap deal, but it just look around. I mean, your defense is very, very they're good, but they're very, very, very old. You're in cap hell. You've been in, you've been delaying it, delaying it, delaying it for like six years now. The other three teams in your division are getting younger You're and getting better. Younger and better. You got an older, declining quarterback in Carr. That's now very expensive as well. That no one's going to want in two years or one year from now because they don't want the deal and they don't want to pay an old, declining quarterback. Which I love Derek Carr. I hate saying that, but that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen anything this season yet that has said that they made the right decision either. Like, I, I'm a no. big fan of Derek Carr, too. I think he got a lot of bad flack. Oh, yeah, so much. When he was in Oakland and Vegas. Yeah. And I think I was happy for him to finally get out of that situation, but now I'm watching these games and I'm like, oh, maybe he really was just a game manager. Yeah. That everybody said he was. And I, I get mean, it. He's injured. He's playing injured right now, which is probably a big reason why he hasn't been able to throw but over But before that, age. before he got hurt in that week three game, he was doing that. Mm-hmm. You got all these weapons and you're still just 180 yards, 190 yards. Yeah, you get two touchdowns, but Ooh, yay. what's that going to do? When... And then you got Kamara, who's older. Mm-hmm. You're paying him, but. He's like the only thing you got really right now out of your backfield because you got Tony Jones and Latavius. No, they don't have Latavius. Sorry, uh, the Ken- Kendry Miller. That's a he's a decent he's young guy, but they're not going to use him. They haven't been using him, and their offensive line can't run block, and they just run the ball the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like I understand, yeah, don't don't abandon the run. I fully agree with that. But if you can't run the ball, like that Packers game, it was infuriating. They're like, why? Like, I, I like Taysom Hill, but why is he getting ten carries? Mm-hmm. Like, it was very apparent you weren't going to be able to run on them all day. They have a very talented front. They have Devontae Wyatt, his first round pick. Kenny Clark's a Pro Bowler. That Slayton is now their nose tackle, so they move Kenny Clark to the three technique, so he can be his natural. And then you got Gary and Preston Smith and Luke Van Ness on the edge, with Quay Walker, a <laughs> first round pick, in the middle. Who's been playing awesome this Ooh, season? Yeah, who's who's just dumb against the Lions. Mm. You're not running against them. That's a very good run defense. You're not going to run against them. We saw week one. We couldn't run against them. Mm-hmm. It was just that game really. Because they were 2-0, 17-point lead. I was like, okay, yeah, it's the Packers this year, but seventeen up 17 in Lambeau, 2-0. You're looking pretty good. And, you know, they blew it. So then they lost the next thing. They got smacked by Baker. Which, shout out Baker Mayfield. Finally in a good organization. I love Baker, man. Good for him. And then, yeah. So, I they'll be in a dogfight all year. They'll be 8-9 wins. And then they'll probably have to blow it up after this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you think a team like the Saints would give a team like the Bears for one of their two first-round picks this upcoming year to kind of start that rebuild? So that you're saying the Saints they want one of our picks? Yeah, one of one of oh, the two. Okay. Well, we wouldn't make that trick because there's no one young <laughs> that we'd want. Mm-hmm. Maybe other than Chris Olave, but if if the Bears... I'd rather just draft Marvin Harrison with the fourth overall pick. Yeah. If the Bears were competitive, would you take Ramchek? Nah, he's old and declining. Not may not decline, but he's he's injury prone. We just drafted a right tackle. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not moving either one of those guys to the left. Those are right tackles. Mm-hmm. But that's the only really guy. Maybe McCoy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm not trading a first-round pick for McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll trade a second round. <laughs> Unless you're giving us, like, 10 other first-round picks. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a second or third for Eric McCoy. Yeah. We're, that's our center for the next five, six years. Mm-hmm. And all their defenders, they're all old, but they're good, but they're old. Mm-hmm. Maybe Carl Granderson, but that's like a fourth, third round pick. Yeah, I, I mean, looking at this at this group, it's a it's an is, old group. And if it's not old, it's people that are not very good. It's a it's a it reminds me of my childhood. This mm-hmm. roster. Yeah, that's Aaron a, Matthew, baby, Honey Badger. Hey, Marshawn Lattimore's out there. He's still decent. Oh, well, I'd, I'd give up. Uh, I mean, if say we are our first round pick is like. Number twenty overall, yeah, I'd give up number twenty for Marshawn Lattimore. And, and if we're not planning on paying Jalen Johnson, yeah, we're not going to pay him. Mm. Yeah, I'd be really surprised if we do pay him because Poles is not big on him. Yeah, I mean Poles isn't big on him. I don't think Poles is going to have just, a job. Poles much just longer, hates so. everybody. <laughs> like I said, I don't think Poles is going to have a job much longer. Honestly. If he wants to save his job, he needs we need to go three and four, four and four, and then make a trade at the trade deadline and get some D linemen mm-hmm. and like a. Couple backup offense linemen, maybe yeah. just to give some com- competition out there. Yeah, maybe a tier three receiver. Get a little chosen Anderson on the roster. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, let's move on to our next game. We got about twenty minutes until we take a break here. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers against the Raiders. Derek Carr's former team. <sighs> I've, said, the Packers I, I've said it many years. African American Trubisky, baby. That's what he is. That's what Jordan Love is. Coming out of, I remember in 2019, the first year Trubisky struggled, and that was Love's last year in college. We were, I saw all the articles, hey, what's the second, third round quarterback can we pick to give Trubisky competition? In every article, I've done extensive research. Jordan Love out of Utah State, all the same assets and flaws as Mitch Trubisky. And we saw that last night. He was 16 of 30, barely above 50%, 182 yards, three picks. That's just what he is. I mean, he is not. He had the lowest QBR in the week against the Lions, and this week he I mean, he cost them the game. I mean, three turnovers in the tight one score ball game like that that will cost you the game. Uh, I said all year it wasn't going to matter about Jordan Love. It was going to matter whether or not Aaron Jones could stay healthy. Mm-hmm. That's the most impl- important player on their offense. That's arguably their most reliable receiver, and he's their number one running back because. AJ Dillon cannot be your number one running back. You know he, he's big and strong. That's it. He's got no lateral. He's an okay pass catcher. He really doesn't run that well for being that big. I'm not surprised that they've struggled tremendously ever since Jones pulled his hamstring against the Bears. Uh, I, I knew he, he was going to use going to decline this year because he's what 28 now. He's been their bell cow for six years. I knew it was either this year or next year. I I never really understood. Why they chose him over Jamal Williams? They chose him because uh, he was a better fit for the system because they want a fast running back in the outside zone system. Because mm-hmm. they actually run the outside zone. Like that's who <laughs> who should be running the outside zone. <laughs> yeah, and he was a better pass catcher than Jamal Williams and just more explosive mm-hmm. while being one year younger. Yeah, I mean, just my thing was that they knew they were going to have to pay Aaron Jones versus what Jamal Williams ended up getting. Yeah. And I think that Jamal Williams played well enough for the Packers that I would have done basically what the Bears did and just said, we'll keep you, let the 
better overall guy go probably. Yeah. And knowing what uh, that they liked AJ Dillon, and I know Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon aren't too different, but you had two running backs still in your stable that you liked, you were super happy with, and they still gave Aaron Jones that contract. And as much as Aaron Jones is the main reason this Packers team can win games, much like a lot of the other guys that we've talked about on this show earlier, I don't think he's winning you a Super Bowl. He's winning you playoff games. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think you pay money to a guy who does that. I agree. And I, that's kind of what I like. That's kind of what I felt about the Jonathan Taylor contract that he just got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forty-two million just for Zach Moss to get one hundred and sixteen two touchdowns. And we'll talk about that a little bit <laughs> later in the show, but. Like I, I, I just don't understand where these franchises are. And I think I guess they're starting to turn turn the corner on that with the running back contracts in general. But again, I just for a team that has been so good for so long, how you waste your money on that and how you continue to waste your money as an organization just baffles me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they used a second rounder get Dylan as well when they had a they were one or two guys away from winning a championship. They could have. They could have got a receiver. Any receiver. They literally just needed anybody if they to just be a pairing. Drafted a receiver Adams. with their second round pick. Rodgers would have stayed. He'd still be there. Mm-hmm. They'd still be a championship caliber team now, because that guy would have been in his third year by last year when Devontae left, and he probably would have been their star. Now your star receiver is Christian Watson, who is your big play six five receiver, and he got mossed by a five eight corner to win the game. Basically, Alan Lazard. This is what you have. And he got he got hawked by old in trouble Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was a horse collar, but he still got hawked. <laughs> I thought he's a speed demon mm-hmm. who has hamstring issues. And I said, can only be a big play guy. He has no route tree. Mm-hmm. He can catch slants and hitches and take him 80, but that's about it. That and jump balls. See, that's what also I've been confused about with Watson coming back is, like, Dobbs' targets have just gone down. I think Romeo Dobbs is a much better receiver than Christian Watson. Yeah, Dobbs had had uh, four targets, one catch for four yards. Mm-hmm. Week one, yeah, he played against the Bears, but he played great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other week. He's a big guy, 6'2", 204. I mean, he's young still. I think and he's it, a better red zone They kind of just spammed, like, these like young rookie with Daytavion Wicks. Jalen Reed's solid. He'll be good. Mm-hmm. Patrick Taylor, that. And they, they drafted two tight ends that they had, Josiah DeGuara, who's a decent young guy. They, they, just, they just haven't used him yet. Yeah, then they're using Musgrave all weird. Well, and then when they took DeGuara, too, the problem with that is that like, he came out as like a hybrid fullback yeah. guy that yeah, was like was really at, weird. He was at like Cincinnati, I believe, Yeah, where they employ that. Yeah, Cincinnati, yep. He's 26 already. Mm-hmm. Right, well, well that, that was the other thing, because I think, what, was he a third-round pick? Is that what yeah, that said? Yeah, third-round uh, 94 overall. So he's a third round pick. He came out, that was three years ago now. I think this is his fourth season. Yeah. He came out so, in 2020. 22, 23 coming out. Hybrid fullback. <laughs> like, it's going to take him a year or two to learn the NFL game. Is that like, what are the Packers doing? And then somehow they find ways to be competitive. Yeah. Um, what What is, do you think Jordan Love has any, any future potential? Or is he just Trubisky? You said we need a full year to determine that, but he has he has talent. He's arm talent. He's big and can move. He has talent. Do I think? But he can't throw the ball down the field, just like Trubisky. He struggles to read a defense at times, just like Trubisky. I haven't seen him complete a pass over twenty yards yet. All the passes against the Bears were screens, hitches, slants, 
like a little fade ball in the end zone. Nothing over 15 yards. He missed many throws that game over 15 yards. If they had Rodgers, they would have put up 60. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't seen it. Yeah, he had that little cool comeback, but that was just the Saints saining it. <laughs> the Aints. I mean, he doesn't have a great supporting cast around him. He's got all first and second year receivers, first and second year tight ends. Aaron Jones is out. The offensive line has been banged up. Bakhtiari's career is over. Uh, whether he wants to admit it or not, mm-hmm. he is done. Uh, they must have really jacked up that ACL surgery in 2020. It's done. So, let's let's talk about the other sideline in this game, the Vegas Raiders. What direction is this team going? Uh, like, what? Why don't they ever just fully choose to do a rebuild? You know, is this is this the year they finally decide just to actually blow it all up? And if so, where where's Josh Jacobs going? Where's Demonte Adams going? Where's like this team, they should have won ten games. They blew five big, big leads. They should have been a playoff team last year. And then they come into this year, they they get rid of Carr and they sign Jimmy G, which is like a slightly backwards move, maybe slightly above. I don't even know. You don't even really point. know. You yeah. really don't even know. <laughs> but then you're paying he's old and you're paying him thirty sixty seven mil over three years. And you know he's not the long-term answer. Mm-hmm. You got Josh Jacobs, who they didn't. The offensive line was bad last year, and he still ran well. But now it's just now the league knows who all these guys are, so it's worse now. I think he can't run for anything. Mm-hmm. He has no room. I mean, they, they brought back the same five guys, and they all aren't good, other than Colton Miller, and I'll give it to that Parnum guy because he's a second year. He has some potential. He's a smaller guy, but he can move. The other three are like practice squatters. Andre James... Greg Van Roten, I didn't even know he was still in the league. <laughs> Jermaine Illuminor, who Mac had six sacks against. Everyone, whenever they talk about Illuminor, they always say he's like a funny guy. It means he's not good. And he's just a good, <laughs> he's a good guy to have, be around. Like kind of like how I was. It wasn't very good, but I was cool to be around. <laughs> well, you hear the name Jermaine, I just think Jermaine is fatty. And if anybody yeah. has the name Jermaine, I just know they're not going to be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, then they, I don't know what happened to Hunter Renfro. I mean, he was like, one of the best slot receivers in the NFL, McDaniels gets here and he says, I thought you would go to town with a nice little white slot receiver that's scrappy, but <laughs> they don't even use him. Mm-hmm. I'm well, glad they finally started using the rookie tight end, Michael Merrick, I think he can be very good. Mm-hmm. And Jacoby Myers, I mean, that's a loss for the Patriots that they chose Juju over him because he, he's done well this year. Mm-hmm. Which, I, when you like look at that signing and that, you know, the let go, basically, at that point, in the off season, I don't think that's that bad of a move. I guess yeah. I don't know. Juju, like as much as like people don't like Juju for some reason, he is very consistent. He not does this year, he does his thing every year. Yeah, not yeah. this year, and I think a lot of that has to do with just the Patriots being awful and him not being healthy too. Yeah. And they look at their defense. Max Crosby is fa- absolutely fantastic. Insane. He is relentless. He does not go. He goes at like last night five tackles, four TFLs, a sack, uh, like three, four pressures. I mean, he's fantastic. He is relentless. He earns every dollar, man. He I've never seen a guy carry a defense like that. Cause you look around, who does he have? John Jenkins and Bilal Nichols on the D line, two Bears cast offs. You got Terry Wilson, who's still not even really playing as a rookie. Jerry Tillery, who got kicked out of San Diego because he was that bad. Or L.A., sorry. Ty- Tyree Wilson, who was a project 
Yeah. Like hybrid, just beast of a dude that nobody really knew what was going to happen with him. We got their linebackers, Divine Diablo. Young guy, cool name. Spillane, I didn't know he was still in the league. Good for him. He had a great game last night. Two picks. Mm-hmm. Um, then their secondary, it's like Marcus Peters. Okay, he's a little past his prime. Tron Morgan's a decent young guy. This Amik Robertson, I mean, game-winning reception. He's like a rookie. They just didn't address any of their weaknesses this offseason. I don't know what they did. They stayed the same. It's basically they they pulled the Saints, <laughs> which is hard fitting to do. since they gave the Saints their quarterback. Yeah. This is just they were once a cutting edge organization that was ahead of everybody, but now they've just been just straight dysfunction. They miss Al Davis. Mm-hmm. It's hey two and three. They won this game. They got the Patriots this week. I think they'll win. They'll be three and three after six weeks, which I believe will be good enough for second place in their division. Mm-hmm. So well, we'll see how it goes. Let's go from a couple dysfunctional teams this season to two more teams that have been semi-dysfunctional. One of them's fully dysfunctional, but the New York Jets taking out the Denver Broncos. Um, Sean Payton gets his mouth shut by <laughs> by Jets players in the players. battle of the idiots. <laughs> yeah, basically. one had to win. It was Nathaniel Hackett. They made less mistakes. <laughs> it was an ugly game. That was a bad game. Jesus. Um, well, kind of on the theme of what what do we do with these teams? What what is the direction for the Broncos? Denver now? is a straight teardown. They're starting to do. They've already done it with Gregory. They traded in for nothing after Jerry they paid. Judy has been like. Pretty much on the trade he's block without people saying he's on the trade block. All day, yeah. every day. He wants out of there. Cortland Sutton's probably just tired of it here. They're doing a straight teardown. The only guy on defense they won't get rid of is Sertan. But he hasn't played well this year, so who knows? <laughs> I, it's a straight teardown job. I, I don't even know if Sean Payton wants to stick around. He probably won't, knowing him. <laughs> Russell Wilson, he had all the fumbles. He did not play very well. He did have two touchdowns and no picks, but. Doesn't really matter if you lost to the Jets and Zach Wilson. Um, oh, hey. If you're looking for the Jets, if you're looking for anything that's good, offensively, 234 yards rushing. But Verrett Tucker's gone, so that's not going to continue much longer. Zach Wilson, I was expecting him to have a good game, but it was it was better than usual, but not great. Uh, still not getting the ball to Garrett Wilson. <coughs> this team's not making the playoffs, but... I They'll be competitive. I don't think it's for lack of trying that they're not getting oh, the ball not. to Garrett Wilson. It's they, just they just can't. They just can't. And I think a lot of it is like the play calling is very. It's Nathaniel Hackett. It's not great. It's very Nathaniel Hackett, and then it's Nathaniel Hackett plus him not fully trusting Zach Wilson. Yeah. So it's with kind the of offensive a, line playing bad most exactly. Of the time. So I don't think it's like anybody one anybody's fault. It's just a kind of a group group fault. But you can't not. Get the ball to that guy. He's your only player on offense other than Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson, from what I've seen in that first week and what I saw last season, has the potential to be a top five receiver in this yeah. league, I think. I remember he took it 75 yards against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's fantastic. Even teams who have like no other weapons find ways to get star, their star player at the ball. Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings figure out ways to get Justin yeah. Jefferson that football, no matter what. This team's got to do that same thing. And I know they don't have a Kirk Cousins giving them that football. But Zach Wilson can still throw them the football and can still get it there. And I think you have to kind of do what the Bears have done these past two weeks and just say, screw it, he's going to be open on some plays, just throw it up to him. Yeah. 
And if that, I don't know, if that doesn't happen, you can't win football games as this Jets team. And I think this week you won because it's the Broncos, and the Broncos are terrible. The definition of dysfunctional. Jets aren't winning this week. They got the Eagles. Mm -hmm. So, do you think that this upcoming week going against the Philadelphia Eagles is the moment, especially if Zach Wilson plays very bad, which I think he will play very bad against. Yeah, this defense is going to kill him. Is this the week the Jets decide to switch it up at quarterback, or do they still run it out with Zach Wilson? I'm getting Kirk Cousins after this week. All right, folks. We'll take a quick break here going – yeah. We'll take a quick break here uh, going into the halftime here. Um, We'll talk more about that Kirk Cousins possibility of a trade going into the beginning of the half next. Uh, We'll start with that Vikings game, but we will be right back, folks. Tired of the same old radio stations? Listen to the voice of Elmhurst, WRSE. Rock Variety Radio. Excellent. Holy cow. WRSE. In your face. In your face. How's it going, folks? Welcome back to the award-winning Blue Jay Boys show. I'm Big Chuck, and I'm here with Sackman Alex Sackley. If you guys are just tuning in, you missed us talking about some of the NFL games this past slate and do our food battle. We're going to pick off, pick up right where we left off, talking about Kirk Cousins. Let's jump on over to the Vikings against the Chiefs. The Vikings put up a fight against the Chiefs in this game, but they do lose Justin Jefferson in this one. Is the Viking season officially over? Yeah, they're done. 1-4. And that's their whole offense right there. Other than, you know, a few plays from Jordan Addison, some red zone targets from TJ Hawkinson, that's their whole offense. And that's their, obviously their best player. Mm-hmm. Um, my big question with this, and you, you mentioned it at the end of that last segment, Kirk Cousins getting traded. Kirk Cousins has played, considering the circumstances surrounding him with this Vikings team, Fantastic. phenomenal. What what is the haul that the Vikings could get back for a Kirk Cousins type player, and how soon do you see him getting traded? I see him getting traded in two weeks. Really, I mean, it really depends on if they lose this week, he's getting traded. If they win, you know, hey, two and four, not out of it. NFC North or the Lions, you're not gonna get much competition from the Packers and Bears. Uh, but if they lose, I mean, if they go one and five. I can see him trading him after the Bears game. Just say screw it. They thought they were gonna be bad last year, but. And this year would have been the first year of the rebuild, but as we saw, the most improbable 13-14 we've ever seen. <laughs> what? I mean, you look at them, they still can't run the ball 18 for 70, uh, with three of those being Kirk Cousins' carries. And then the trade for Cam Akers, I guess he's not going to be the number one running back. They're going to stick with Madison. Well, I, I never had faith in Cam Akers. Even when yeah. he was like playing good with the Rams, I thought... And he's not an every-down guy. He's not. He's just too too small, too... That's special. He's not even like a th- two down guy. Yeah. He's a one. He's a one down guy. He's he a, goes out there for one change of pace, and then you have to take him out right away. Yeah. And then Alexander Madison. I had so much faith in this guy. I, I didn't have much in him. I didn't think he's very special, but he's proven he's bringing value back to the running back position. That's how bad he's played. Mm-hmm. Throwing that and all his fumbling issues, which they had two more fumbles again this week. They lost one of them. 
Josh Oliver, the uh, tight end, the fourth string tight end from Baltimore that they paid twenty one million dollars for, fumbled. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this Adolfo Mensa Quofo guy they got running the team. He had a bad draft in twenty twenty two. He had another bad draft in twenty twenty three, and his free agents they brought in aren't doing well. And what what's more unfortunate is that they're playing like that in the NFC North, which, like you said before, is wide open. Yeah. Any anybody could have come out of this division a winner at the beginning of the season if you had asked me. Yeah. I think every team had a potential to win the division. And the Vikings are just by far, I would say they're probably the most disappointing team in the league right now. Yeah. I mean the Bears personally were pretty disappointing to start off the season, but just overall football wise, the Vikings are a disappointment. The other thing I wanted to talk about from this game, uh I saw a graphic earlier, shout out to JP for sending this in our group chat. Justin Fields is on pace with Patrick Mahomes right now. Is Patrick Mahomes having a bad season? Is this Chiefs team looking more beatable than they had in the past? I'd say so because Travis Kelsey's not 100%. I don't know what he's doing off the field. Maybe that has a little to play. I won't say what I said earlier because I don't want to kick off the radio station here at Elmhurst University. But he that's their offense. That's their passing offense. Yet him, they lost Juju, who was a legitimate receiver for them last year. They haven't really replaced him. So the passing game has been more, has struggled. Throwing that two new tackles. They haven't really ran the ball. I thought they'd run the ball more. I mean, Lyon Pacheco and Edwards Alaire and McKinnon, they haven't really done that. Kadarius Tony did not take that next step. They thought he was going to be a number one receiver. He has not. They're, right now, their best wide receiver is Rasheed Rice. Third round pick out of SMU. I mean, so far, you know, 17 for 173, two touchdowns. I believe he scored their first touchdown of the year. Uh, their defense is, in my opinion, improved. This is probably the best Chiefs defense we've seen. And they've had some solid defenses in the yeah. past couple of years, too. Yeah, not bad. Good enough to win a Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> not the best at times, especially at times. But, hey, Chris Jones came back. Leo Chanel's taking the next step in his second year. They got all the young rookies, the Legereus Needs, the Justin Reeds, the Willie Gays, mm-hmm. Nick Boltons, uh, Karlofsis, all those guys. You know, the uh, Chavarius Ward left, sorry. But, you know, guys like that. They, uh, they got Mike Dana out of, out of nowhere. He has so far, he's got three and a half sacks on the season through five games. Pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, fifth round pick from 2020. Never heard of him, but he's having a good year. Derek, they still got Derek Nadi. Uh, Brian Cook is on getting snaps. Jalen Watson is building off last year. Uh, Gay and Bolton are both very good. The Jerry Sneed's very good. Drew Tranquil, good pickup from the Chargers. They just have a lot of guys that don't play every play, but they rotate. They have a lot of depth. Everyone's fresh, and they all do their job. No one that's going to make an all-pro other than Chris Jones, but they got a lot of good players. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of just talking overall with this team, and again, kind of with this theme of how long do teams have? When do teams start figuring out how to play the Chiefs? Because the Chiefs don't have a receiver core at all, if we're being honest. There's guys who have young or who are young and are talented, but they're not studs. When do teams start figuring out, out how to abuse that? It's more so when does Travis Kelsey fully decline? If he's going to be hurt, he really hasn't looked that great this year. If he's going to be hurt like this, then they haven't stopped. If you just stop the run game, then you're good. Because they had a few games where Pacheco really carried them, like against the Jets, especially when Mahomes was panicking for a quarter and a half there. 
if you can just find a way to just shut down Kelsey, which has never really been done, but if you blanket him, like I don't know why we can recall he's not getting double teamed on every play because they don't have anyone on the outside that makes me worried. Like Justin Watson, Rashid Rice, Kadarius Tony, no one makes me worried. Maybe then other a deep ball to Marquez Valdez Scantling, but that hasn't happened this year. Other than that, no one is making me worried. They don't even use Edwards Alaire in the passing game anymore. I'm not worried. Their defense is good, but they're not dominant. Mm-hmm. So I think this year, I think this is the year they probably lose in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Put them against like a team like the Dolphins. Tua stays healthy. I see why not. Let's talk about the Dolphins a little bit. Let's move on. Let's move on over to that game. I mostly want to talk about this game because I have one strong question for you. Are the Giants the worst team in the league? They definitely have the worst offensive line in the <laughs> league. That's without that they have talent up front, so I don't understand. Or we, we thought they had talent we up thought front. They did. <laughs> Rephrase that. I mean, it's terrible. I feel bad for Dan. He this is the first game he actually got knocked out of. He had a neck injury, which he missed the last six games of the 2021 season with neck injury. So she said it was unrelated to this one that he got against the Dolphins, but that's never good, and it's his neck. Something that could alter his life forever. Dolphins know a lot about head and neck injuries. So. Yeah, so it doesn't help that Saquon's out, as usual. I mean, they're often so they, they can't do anything. I mean, Dolphins, they had seven sacks. That's after allowing ten against the Seahawks. You don't even have a great pass rush. They have a slightly above average pass rush. I mean, here, everyone feasted. Agba, sack and a half. Van Ginkel, sack. Wilkins, half sack. Zach Seiler, which... It's one thing if they had a lot of, like, great exterior pass rushers, edge defenders, but these are just the big boys in the middle that are winning every play against your interior three. I mean, mm-hmm. Zach Seiler's a nose tackle, two sacks. They couldn't pick up the blitz with Jerome Baker getting a sack. Even Eli Apple had a half a sack. <laughs> Come on, boy! This is bad. I mean... It's getting to a point where they can't do anything on offense. Mm-hmm. Defensively, their defense is taking a step back. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't blame this game because there's the Dolphins plus they had to pick six this game, so that's kind of cool. The only guy that's really showed up for him so far is Thibodeau. I mean, Thibodeau only, you know, he he's just found a way to have more impact plays this year. It's not every play because mm-hmm. he only has five solo tackles, but he has four sacks in total with the assisted tackles. He's got eleven through five games. So, but he's finding ways to get sacks. Mm-hmm. That's the only real positive coming from the defense, really. I thought they were going to take the next step, you know, to get Bobby O'Karakee as Isaiah Simmons instead of starting. Simmons like, for a steal. But... Yeah, instead of having like Jalen Smith and who knows else at linebacker, <laughs> a lot of just hodgepodge guys. I guess they lost faith in Dory Jackson because they have two rookies starting. Uh, the Williams and Lawrence have kind of taken the step. They were dominant in twenty twenty two. I mean. Across the board, they've all kind of regressed. What do you think happened? What 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 changed from last year where they were one of the most exciting teams in the league to now being one of the hardest teams to watch? First and foremost, the offensive line. It's one thing to have a better line, but figure it out. Hey, okay, pass, max protect, run it, play action, outside the pocket. But they're at a point where they can't do anything. And last year, Saquon stayed healthy. He's missed the last three games. That, because with him, at least they, they put up 34 against the Cardinals, who are a decent defense. Not the best, but not terrible. 
Their offense is so bad, it's it's going over their defense because their defense is on the field the whole game in bad situations because they're turning it over, getting sacked, getting backed up. I'd say it's mostly coming on their their offensive line, and then they're just not – they don't have Saquon getting, you know, two touchdowns a game like he did last year for the first eight games of the season, then towards the end of the season when he came back. But I'd say that, and they're turning it over more. I think the other thing that when you look at this team – there is nobody to throw the ball to, if we're being honest. Yeah, there's no – yeah. Last year they could kind of get away with it because they had a good run game. They mm-hmm. had Saquon getting catches. But Waller had his first decent game, 8 for 86. They thought he was going to be the guy. He's which, not. Which, but then they stunted the growth of Daniel Bellinger, mm-hmm. who was a very good rookie tight end, came in jacked. He's not barely playing now. They have, like, all these, like, small speed guys. But as Trey Aikman pointed out, they got guys that are running four threes, but they like jog in their routes. Mm-hmm. They're not playing Jalen Hyatt, who's their most talented receiver for whatever reason. Sterling Shepard, they kept him because you know everyone loves him, but he's kind of he's had too many injuries at this point. I really like Wondell Robinson. He's explosive out of Kentucky. They don't play him. They have Darius Slayton, who's been their best wide receiver. Paris Campbell. I don't know why he's their starting receiver. Yeah, he I, wasn't starting for a Colts team that had no depth. Yeah, he wasn't starting for the Colts team, but at the end of the season was the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. And he's been hurt his whole career. And then Hodgkin's a young guy that played great for him. They haven't seen much of him. So they're they're stunting the guys that did well for them and putting in guys, veterans that aren't very good, especially Waller at this point. He's kind of, he's older now. He hasn't played good in three seasons. Pretty much, yeah. And the last I, good year he had was the COVID year. I don't know what they thought they were getting out of that. And he had a good tight end already. Exactly. Exactly. And then my my big thing is you can go out and pay Daniel Jones that money. But if you're going to pay that money, you also have to build a team around him. You can't just expect him to do it by himself. And they did absolutely nothing to help this team. My next question kind of regarding contracts and stuff, and this whole season, since week one, it's been pretty well known. And that was kind of like the, you know, testing point if people were going to say if it was a bad contract for Daniel Jones. It's pretty well received that it's a bad contract at it's this point. It's a bad contract, but they Do you think they made <laughs> How's the... he going to succeed with this offensive exactly. line? <laughs> it's do you so th- bad. Do you think that considering that they had to sign one of the two guys, do you think still think it was a better idea to sign Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley? Considering what's happening so far this season. Uh, what I would have done is this. You had Daniel Jones. Now he had three bad seasons and he had one really good season. Not even really good statistically, but the end result was good. You went from one of the worst teams in the league to second round of the playoffs. I would have franchise tagged him. Like, similar situation, Baker Mayfield with the Browns, different players, but similar situation. Played good in his third year after two so-so years. Fourth year, he, you know, regresses, they trade him. This is That's basically what's happened this year in Daniel Jones in his fifth year. I wouldn't have given him that deal. I would have paid Saquon, give him two years, 25 mil, 28 mil. That's the best you're going to get, Saquon. Sorry, buddy. No one else is going to give you more than that. I would have just bit the bullet there because I'd rather do that than give $160 million to Daniel Jones for another three years that he may not be your quarterback. At least with Saquon, if he did get another injury, then you can just make him like a part-time, like, you know, back. He'd probably be really good in a part-time role. Whether you got another guy, second-round pick. And That's probably what You put he, him at like a slot receiver. That's what he needs to be in to stay healthy. This guy can't stay on the field. Yeah. 
you have to put him in a committee backfield because even though he's extremely talented, and in my opinion, I don't I don't even think he's like overall that talented. When you watch him play in his big games, he has like one big rush for like sixty yards, yeah, and then he gets like twenty rushes for th- average of three yards, yeah, because he can't do anything like in the box. <laughs> he 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 wants to juke and jive. He he's extremely strong. When he's in open space, it's a different beast. He's one yeah. of the best open space but runners. When, I see. when it's like, hey, I got to put my head down and get four yards, he cannot do that. When, when he's got to find a hole, he can't find hole. He doesn't no. find holes. He's just a tremendous athlete that's extremely gifted. When you make him play running running back, like, hey, we got to figure this out running back, it's not going to work out. And I think, like, as much as Derrick Henry's gotten his hype over the past few years, but when you watch him run the ball, he is an artist at running yeah. the ball. Saquon Barkley doesn't have that same art no. style. And they're, and people compare him a lot. It's like in basketball when there's a slasher mm-hmm. that can just take it to the hole and dunk it. But if you stay in front of him, can't really do much. That's what Saquon is. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, hey, okay, you stuff him. He's still going to get four because he's going to put his shoulder down. He's going to bounce. He's going to stiff arm. He's going to do something mm-hmm. physical, at least going forward. Mm-hmm. Saquon's going to go backwards. He's going to go lateral. He's gonna, he didn't want to do that. He's more of like a Steph Curry in a way, Derrick Henry, if you want to say it that way. Yeah. Guy that can do something besides going to the hole. Yeah, where Derrick Henry is Giannis, Saquon, is a little bit of a, maybe even a dame. I would call him yeah. a dame, almost. Yeah, reverse, yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Um, I mean, on the other side, you got a stud running back, Devon A. Chain. Yeah, what about knee, him? But do you think? Out, he'll be out a couple weeks, but he'll come back. After these past couple weeks, do you think he's the answer to that hole that Miami has been looking to fill for a couple of years now? Yeah, running back. Yeah, they. I don't know why they waited so long. Like twenty, I thought after in twenty twenty they would have drafted like a Jonathan Taylor or a J.K. Dobbins or Swift. They didn't. They went another year with Ahmed and uh, Miles Gaskin, who yeah. were both still on the team somehow, some way. I think they had like Matt Burita at one yeah. point in that. Rotation too. So then yeah. they went twenty twenty where they could have. They were one. They ten and six missed the playoffs. They were a good team, but that would have been the difference, especially with rookie Tua and old Fitzpatrick. Twenty twenty one. You know they, the offense was not good. That was a defensive team. Last year, okay, they kind of addressed it a little bit. Jeffrey Wilson, he was solid for a few weeks. Uh, they still had Gaskin last year. For for part of it, they traded him somewhere at the deadline. Yeah, I but, and then he fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> and they had Raheem Mostert, but he was hurt for half the year yeah. anyway. Now, they, they second-round pick, A-Chain. Mostert stays healthy. They still have Jeff Wilson. Now, this A-Chain fell. I mean, he's a 4-2, 4-3 guy. He I has, mean, he had the fastest carry of the season until Tyreek Hill beat him a quarter later. <laughs> the speed on this team is just ridiculous. He's a... <laughs> He's a pretty well. I mean, he's five nine. He's small, but he's one hundred. He's one hundred ninety pounds. I mean, he's well built for a running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the speed of this team is just ridiculous. I mean, obviously Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and then Raheem Mostert is arguably the fastest one because he was like an All American track star in college. Other than they, they have Cedric Wilson Jr. as their fourth receiver. That was the guy that had 700 yards for a playoff team in the Dallas Cowboys. So, he's like a completely forgotten guy. What's up, Taylor? Speaking of Miami. Speaking of the Miami Dolphins, perfect timing. This is our (laughs) first live food battle winner on the show, Taylor West, coming on into the studio. 
Taylor, I got a fresh, crisp $20 bill <laughs> coming in your hand right yeah. here. Thanks for participating in the food battle. We appreciate it. Congratulations. Yeah, good stuff, man. If we had any chicken left over, I'd let you try some, but... We kind of ate it all. Yeah, I, it was good. There you go. There you go. Of course. No Thanks for coming in, Taylor. Right, we appreciate you. Have a good, you. Yes. Good have a good one. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, a guy like Cedric Wilson is just a complete episode. He was the guy that was a very productive player in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And just the overall team speed is nuts. Like, there's some days where I love to, and there's some days where I'm just like, yeah, you're lucky you got these guys. Eight-yard pass, 80 yards, yeah, 300 yards again. Oh, look at me. <laughs> um, the thing with this defense, uh, not this defense, this team, the thing that's going to make or break their season is if they can still continue this run, but the defense. Played great against the Patriots, played great against the Broncos. They had a good, uh, another game in there, but then they had the one against the Chargers. They had one against the Bills where it was terrible, and then they go out and they have seven sacks and a couple turnovers here. So... Um, my question with this Miami Dolphins team, throughout like the start of the season so far, Jalen Waddle has seen a little bit of a diminished role compared to last season. Yeah, plus he's been hurt. But mm-hmm. They got him a little bit more, so 5 for 35 in the touchdown. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he has been diminished since his rookie year. He was, he was their man in his rookie year. Do you think there is any warning signs with that? For him as a player, or do you think it's just him rehabbing an injury, starting yeah, off a little slow? He just started off a little slow. He had an injury. I mean, last year, it'd be one thing if he declined a lot last year. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously his numbers were down last year, but in terms of catches, but he had 300 more yards than he did the year before, two more touchdowns. Uh, this year, yeah, so it's, I, at, for right now, it's just a slow start. Mm-hmm. If it continues, hey, maybe, but he's not going. I'm not trading him. He's 24. Yeah. Beast, you're you're fantastic. already Super Bowl contenders. There's no yeah. reason to upgrade he's, upgrade that position. That's in air a quotes. fantastic guy to have as your wide receiver number two. I mean, mm-hmm. he's fantastic. His rookie year, I mean, he carried that team to relevancy. Yeah. the The other thing with him kind of staying at the number two is even if he's not okay right now, Tyreek Hill said he was going to retire in basically two to three years. Yeah. So you have to keep a guy around like that, just yeah, in the got, case that your star player leaves. He still has, what, another two years on his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. Chances are they'll give him an extension, yeah. Yeah. They're going to get his fifth-year option and then an extension. So. Mm-hmm. He's going to be around with them for a long time. Yeah. Um, kind of going over to – let's go on and do our next game. Talking with another team that, again, like we mentioned last week, was supposed to be AFC title contenders. Finally had a bounce-back week. The Cincinnati Bengals. Jamar Chase, what a game. Whew. Um, Where's Jamar Chase in your – top receivers in the league after this game. And, again, after that kind of slow start, what what do you see from this guy? In terms of talent, he's a top five receiver in the NFL. Production prior to this week was not there, but it was there this week. They had no T. Higgins this week, and they were going to get the ball to Jamar Chase or die trying. I mean, 19 targets. Another way, kind of you know how like Jefferson gets, they find a way to get him the ball. That's what they did this week. 15 for 192, three touchdowns. Whew. I mean, Joe Burrow was actually moving around. He looked better. He was dodging the disappearance allegations. This is what you need if you're a Bengals fan. I mean, season's not over. The two and three, if they lost that game, it would have been over. But winnable game this week against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are a good team, but hey, they can beat the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see a repeat performance from their defense. You know, three sacks, 
They had a fumble recovery, two picks, one for a touchdown. That's what we need to see out of this defense. Opportunistic, making plays. Uh, in terms of the Bengals' much maligned offensive line. As usual. As usual. <laughs> another three sacks, but it was better. Only four QB hits. That's that's the best they'll do. Mm-hmm. Um, my question with this offense, T. T Higgins is out this week. Yeah. Jamar Chase has his best week. The offense has their best week. The team in general has their best week. Yeah. How much longer is T. Higgins on this team? Especially if they need to start winning football games. They're He's going to be on this team. They need him in order to get where they want to go. They, I guess Joe Burrow said this was the first week he was healthy. That's what he said. He looked better. So there's that, and then T. Higgins was out. So they had to give him the ball. It was either that, Boyd, or Trenton Irwin, who had 8 for 60 out of nowhere. Personally, I don't know. Different note, I'm very high on that rookie, that Andre Isovis guy. Mm-hmm. He's a specimen. Specimen. <laughs> that's a guy that if when Boyd or Higgins leave, that's a guy that I think is going to step up big time. Don't know why they're not running Chase Brown as their number two. They have Travion Williams at the moment. I think they need to get more out of this run game. Mm-hmm. If they take some pressure off of Joe Burke, they're not going to do that in the pass protection. Help him out a little bit. Because he's not going to be running for first downs anymore because he, if he is his cap. He's not going to be 100% this year. Mm-hmm. He might feel good, but he's not going to be 100%. They just need they need to get more out of the run game, and they need more out of their receivers. I mean, Jamar Chase had a bad season prior to this game. He's having a bad year. They need this every week. I need to see that rookie chase where he takes a, a hitch to the end zone, breaks three tackles, and runs away from everybody. I need to see that. Mm-hmm. Not not Joe Burrow throwing a dime in your 50 yards. I need, I need you doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at this team, kind of talking about like opening up that run game a little bit. I think a lot of people are are down on Joe Mixon a lot of the times, and yeah. I think he's a better running back than a lot of people feel he is. He gets a bad flack because of his past, and then his early in his career, his yards per carry really weren't there because the mm-hmm. offensive line was bad. But they've always been bad. But he's a solid running back. And kind of going with that, I think a lot of his struggles so far this season. And it's not even really that he's struggling. He's just kind of getting a lot of carries running into the worst offensive line, like one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Yeah. Um, I also think the team just kind of needs to get him a little more involved in the pass game. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I looking at last season's stats. I mean, they they tried that this week. Eight targets, mm-hmm. only four for thirteen. Yeah. I mean, but. Keep doing that. Yeah. Keep working. That'll help open up that Screen run game. Screen games helped line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you look at last season again, he had 60 catches on 75 targets. Do that again. He had one of his best seasons last year and the year before. Then the year before that, he wasn't as effective in the run game but or in the pass game, but his numbers went up in the pass game. He went from 20 catches to 40 catches in 2021. And then from 40 catches to 60 catches in 2022. They need to get that production going again yeah. for him. And I, again, I think that'll open up his ability to run. It will help in between the make tackles. him less predictable. Exactly. Yeah, I like to see him run Chase Brown. He, I mean, watched a lot of him at the University of Illinois. He was a fantastic running I, back. I think it was a steal of a pick. I thought it was a great pick, especially with P Ryan leaving, mm-hmm. which he was actually kind of a valuable member of this offense. Uh, he's Third a valuable member. Smudge P Ryan. He gets he get, doesn't get his due all the time. No. I think he's an extremely solid piece of whatever backfield he goes yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, everyone forgets when he was a freshman, he set the NCAA record for most rushing yards in one game as mm-hmm. a freshman. I know that was against the old Kansas teams, but still, he, this guy's always been kind of special. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at 
the other sideline. I want to talk about the Cardinals just a little bit. Yeah, just a teeny bit. Josh Dobbs, not his best week. The team overall, not their best week. They're kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. Is there any pieces on this team that you think are worth draft picks now that the trade talks are starting to open up a little bit? And which guys would you give away if you're the Cardinals? James Conner, he's had a very good year. He could, some some team could use him. A little boost in the run game, see a running back gets hurt. Mm-hmm. They could use him. Uh, maybe a Marquise Brown, but then they'd really have no one in the passing game for Josh Dobbs. Uh, I mean, a, a Buda Baker. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they want to get rid of him because he's very good. Um, I mean, they've avoided giving him away so far. It's been two years straight of trade talks for him. Yeah. I mean, I don't really – I have a hard time recognizing a lot of these names on defense. <laughs> Dennis Gardick, I read a good piece on him. He was a, D, a D2, D3 guy like us. You know, He always took pride in working a full-time job wherever he went. You know, he worked at Panda. He liked there because they got a little more money because it was open flame. Mm-hmm. So you with the walk, the open flame. He's actually had a very good year. Lakey Foto. Jalen Thompson from University of Washington. Kevin Strong, he's a solid game. I believe he's a rookie. I think Zayvon no, Collins. 27. Okay, it's his first year basically playing in the NFL, <laughs> and that he was a practice squad player. I think okay. Zayvon Collins has a lot of talent. Uh, same with B- B.J. Ojolari. Yeah. I think Ojolari, both of them yeah. have a lot of talent. I mean, there's pieces on this team that look good for the future. One guy I wanted to ask you about, and they've kind of been getting him more involved in the offense as the weeks go on, um, Rondale Moore. Is he a piece for the future, or is he a guy that could have some trade value? What What is his status for this team? I think he's been one of the most like interesting players for he's this team. He's a so very misutilized player. If you get him on the right team, he could be a really valuable player. He's kind of like an old Tavon Austin type of player. You get him the ball, carrying it on the outside, inside a little bit, and then you know screens and go routes and stuff like that. Not a true you know route tree receiver, but... That's a guy, I mean, you get him in the right hands, you give him the opportunity, you can do I mean, three carries for 50 yards, that's a 17-yard average. Another three catches for 26 yards. I mean, he's a solid guy. I'd keep him for now. Mm-hmm. Just another guy, good guy to have. Young, See rookie deal, good guy to have around. Him and Marquise Brown. Yeah. Marquise Brown, I mean, say what you want, he's kind of proved that he can be a number one receiver, maybe not on the best team, of course, but he's proved to me that he can be a, He's not the worst number one receiver in the world. There's worst guys you could have. I mean, 300 for three yards so far. It's pretty good with a run-first offense and an inexperienced quarterback. I mean, I would have taken him on the Bears last season. <laughs> uh, 100%. <laughs> Be number 100%. one we ever had out there. They have a decent rookie running back from TCU, Imari DiMarcado. That's going to be the guy carrying the load with Connor out for the next couple weeks. I mean, this is a rebuilding team. This is a team that they've kind of outperformed their expectations. They've been in every game. They were in this game. You know, don't, don't throw a pick six. Don't turn it over so much. They lost three turnovers. I mean, they could have won this game. Mm-hmm. You never know. Uh, I'm surprised they don't really get the ball to Zach Pascal. He was a decent veteran receiver. But I'd like to see Trey McBride get more touches. I I would. Oh, yeah. We wasted Zach Ertz. Mm. I think he's he's probably pretty close to done. He's eventually. washed, yeah. but someone could want him. Yeah. Reunite him. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham's still in the league. Jimmy Graham Mercedes is still Lewis in the is still in the league. So, <laughs> how we just trade a seventh rounder and get him just for all the guy one last ride. 
and you already know if the Eagles traded for him, he would be like prime Zachary. He would again. be wonderful. <laughs> it would just he would be really good. He would not be that good for any other team besides the freaking Who's even Eagles. their second tight end there? They got Goddard. Who else? I don't even know. They only really use one tight end. Yeah, nowadays. they don't use it. It's not like back in the days when they had Ertz and Selleck and yeah. Trey Mc. Uh, oh. The guy that was bad on our team, Trey McBride or uh, I Trey saw, Burton. Yeah, Trey Burton. I saw a post the other day talking about the butt shove and why, and they like had the backup tight end in that graphic, and I cannot remember his name, oh. but I remember thinking, I oh Calcaterra. Yes, thank you, Grant Calcaterra. Thank you from SMU Oklahoma. That guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think Zach Ertz for sure is a guy that needs to get traded away from that team. Yeah. Let's talk about... It, it made sense training for him at the time, but not anymore. Yeah. Let's talk about two AFC contenders here. The Jacksonville Jaguars defeat the Buffalo Bills in one of the better games this weekend. Um, both offenses played really well. Um, do you think that this Jags team is ready based on what we've seen this season up and down kind of play? The London Jaguars are. I don't know about <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars, but... What impressed me about this game is that they, well, first off, Lawrence, I'll get that out of the way, he had a good game. Dan Orlowski felt that this was his best game as a pro. I mean, against this defense, 315 yards, good QBR, 78, 102 rating, one touchdown, no picks, a couple fumbles, but that's I mean, if right. it wasn't for A.J. Epineza looking like prime J.J. Watt Where'd out that of nowhere. Come from? <laughs> They've been waiting for him to do that for years now, so I guess better late than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what really impressed me is how they won this game. They won this game with their run game. 40 for 196 and two touchdowns. <coughs> yeah, I mean... That and their defense. Their defense, I mean, they got the better Josh Allen. He got a couple sacks taken away off BS penalties. But Darius Williams, who's had a very interesting career. He wasn't really good till he was at an advanced age. Seven solos. He had, uh, what, two picks? Sorry, one second. One pick, sorry. I mean... You got the Roy Robertson Harris of the world, the Fadukaso guy, Fulase Olukun, Rishon Jenkins is a baller. Chad Muma and Devin Lloyd are still hanging in there. But they don't really have any big names. I mean, Trevon Walker, quiet game. They should have picked Hutchinson, but <laughs> it's off to a better start this year. You know, two sacks so far. Him and him and Allen at times are a very formidable edge duo. And you throw in, they have also like Caleb on Chase on who sneaks in there every once Still in a while. Still on the team, yeah. yeah. Which I don't think he's going to be after this season. No, but uh, that you know, was a, that like, was a missed pick. Like you said, Roy Robertson Harris, they find with these. It's Those, a good that, pass. That, that dude's team. like Reggie White for like two weeks out of seventeen. <laughs> Prime Reggie White. <laughs> like he can send a team to relegation if he wanted to. He's got like destroyer of worlds power. I think I decided he's going to be my next jersey. Uh, whatever team he's on next, yeah, it might be a Jags jersey. We'll see. Uh, I'll bore him. You have a <laughs> Roy Robertson, Roy Robertson Harris. <laughs> and then I, I'm looking on my computer screen. I see Leonard Floyd having two sacks. I'm a little angry, but yeah. <laughs> but for the Bills, I mean, Matt Milano's out. How, how big is that? That's that's team? their best defensive player. He was better than our boy, Jermaine Edmonds. But do you think? Now that he's going to be out for a while, Trey White's out. Do you think this defense is going yeah. to be struggling for, for a couple weeks now? I mean, you get your best linebacker and your best DB. Those two are out. Teron Jackson or Taron Jackson, the, the corner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said the right last I, name. Yeah. Teron Jackson might be my boy from Coastal Carolina. Teron Johnson. Teron Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. He's out as well. I mean, yeah, 
unless if Ed Oliver continues this little rampage that he's on, I don't see them really in Epinesa out of nowhere. Yeah. There's pass rush is going to have to step up. They did get Von Miller back, so that's going to help. But Bare- Barely. He didn't play, like, the whole second half, basically. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess I understand. I I honestly forgot he was still, like, an active player in the league, yeah. the way he was doing his podcast. Yeah, it, it's it's going to get – it's going to be hard. I mean, less of these – the Leonard Floyds and A.J. Epinesas of the world continue this dominance, mm-hmm. but because Kyrie Elam got picked on all yeah. day. Micah Hyde's getting up there. Same with Poyer. I mean, they've been on this team forever. I mean, Mike, Micah Hyde looked bad in this game, too. Yeah. There was a couple plays where they had him manned up on Calvin Ridley for some reason. First of all, Ridley, awful. Ridley was just, he did whatever he wanted. Like, that was one of the worst ideas I've ever seen from a well-coached team. We really forgot how good Ridley was. He did whatever he wanted all and, day long. Mm-hmm. Any route you can name it. I was sitting there. I was like, wow, he's going to have like 200 yards mm-hmm. all day long, whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. One, one question I had about this have game. your way. <laughs> one question I had about this game had to do with the Josh Allen on Josh Allen crimes. Um, yeah, they wiped out Josh Allen's sack. It was perfectly <laughs> fine. It was BS. How do you feel about these penalties that they were throwing in this game? What, did you feel they really had any basis? Was this... I wasn't a fan. Bogus, <laughs> I think. It was there was a lot of times where I felt like old white men be like, "Let them play football. <laughs> this isn't football." <laughs> That's what I felt like, but it was bad. Let's see. Penalties wise, team stats. Where's the penalties? Come here now. Come here. Come here. Come <laughs> here. Come here. Okay. 11 on the Bills, 8 on the I mean, it's a pretty dirty game. I didn't like them. I thought they were too they were calling it too tight. I don't want refs having a significant impact on the game. Yeah, I mean, the one the one that happened, I think it was the last one that he got, where Josh Allen literally like lowered his head into Josh Allen, and Josh Allen, this is a weird come. Josh Allen, like, was just going in for a regular sack, like just straight face to face, face to chest sack, and big white Josh Allen puts yes. his head down. And, like, that, it's his fault. I don't like the lean with the head penalty. I don't like that. It's his fault. Yeah. And they called it on Jags, Josh Allen. How does that make any sense? And no other player in the game of football gets protected like that. I yeah, don't understand. I, I, I don't like it. It's it's stupid. They just don't want these quarterbacks getting hurt because then that derails seasons and derails views. They, they, they make the money for the NFL. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, I, I just would rather... Let these guys, like you said, let me see carnage. Play football. Come on, make football violent again. I had a T-shirt that said that. Yes, I don't know. I wasn't a fan. I'm glad it didn't deteriorate the game, but kind of an interesting game. I mean, Jags started out up eleven nothing. Then their defense looked so dominant that no one scored in the third quarter. Then there was a scoring phantasma (laughs) in the fourth with 27 combined points. Mm -hmm. Those. You'll never know what to expect out of those uh, London games. Yeah, that's definitely a wild world out there. <laughs> I mean, Jacks, the London Jaguars are the best team in the NFL. By far. Uh, every year they win in London. Nowhere else. Let's move on to another potential AFC contender. And the Baltimore Ravens not looking very great against a not good Pittsburgh Steelers team. They let this game go through their hands literally. Mm-hmm. They dropped eight passes. They dropped three touchdowns. Not Lamar Jackson's fault. 
This game is solely on the receivers. I mean, they dropped literally three touchdowns, and they dropped five other balls that would have gone for big plays. They ran the ball 125 for five yards of carry and a touchdown. The run game was fine. They simply just dropped every ball in the pass game. Lamar would add over 300 yards, three touchdowns. Defense is fine, 17. You know, it's hard to do that in the NFL every week, but they did it. That and T.J. Watt's a beast. Yeah, I think T.J. Watt, we've been talking a lot about Miles Garrett being fantastic this season. T.J. Watt's better than Miles Garrett. He's phenomenal. He's unstoppable. Because the big difference between T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett is that they drop T.J. Watt into coverage, and he does it well. That and T.J. Watt can get more than 10 sacks a year. Uh-huh. T.J. Watt, last time he was healthy, had 22 and a half sacks. He's got eight through five. <laughs> He's on pace for 25 sacks. <laughs> He might throw. He might have more sacks than quarterbacks do passing touchdowns for a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. More than his quarterback will. Put do, in Mitch, baby. Do you feel that if the Steelers' defense can keep holding teams to low amount of points, there's any shot the Steelers' offense figures it out even for a little bit this if, season? If Kenny Pickett just audibles every play. Every single play because apparently he's a better OC than yeah, that Because yeah. <laughs> they also have Alex Highsmith, too, on this mm-hmm. defense. That's what makes them the elite defense is they have an elite duo. Yeah, I mean. 15 sacks last year from him. And, like, I think their total in defense, too, is just, like, it's just a solid team. Like, a solid defense. Yeah, all around. Like, every player I would want on the Bears. Yeah, they got good interior guys like Ogan Joby. Kenny Ben's a good rookie. Montrevious Adams. Isaiah Loudermilk. They got, you know, Quan Alexander, Landon Roberts, Keanu Neal at linebackers. Kazee, Levi Wallace. Minka Fitzpatrick, all the just Joey, all Joey Porter Cole Jr. Holcomb, Joey Porter Jr. Patrick Peterson is 87 years old but and hey, still finding a way to be. Hey, make some plays. Mm-hmm. Marcus Golden, very underrated. I love Marcus Golden. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I'm on Watts looks better on this team than he did with the Bears. Yeah, that's, that's like your 50 Shocker. Tackle. Yeah. <laughs> just like everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, they got a kicker. Woo! <laughs> they don't have offense, but they got a kicker. That, that is their offense. It's their kicker. If they can just consistently find ways to get Pickens the ball, they are they can score. Mm-hmm. Uh, he obviously we know doesn't run the best routes, but hey, he'll ma- he makes big plays. He's gonna make plays. Six for one thirty, then a sixteen yard carry. Mm-hmm. The other He's averaging guy, eighteen yards a catch. The other guy I want to shout out, especially with how mid Najee Harris has played, Jalen Warren. Looks like he could definitely take over that Najee Harris spot pretty soon. Yeah. He's 10 times the better receiver. Um, And I think given the carries, he could produce just as well, if not better, as Najee Harris on the ground, too. I think they just have to give him the carries. I don't think they'll do that yet. Do you see any world where Najee Harris could get traded? If he has fumbling issues or gets in with the coaches, yeah, I could see it. But I see his thing is he's a nice guy. I don't think he's ever gonna get into yeah. it with the coaches. He's a very well. They used him so much his first two years. He got worn down a little bit. And he had a bunch of injuries, and now he's kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Kind of Todd, Todd Gurley esque almost. Almost just way faster than what we thought. Yeah. That not only his rank style. He's two hundred forty pounds. Be physical. Derrick Henry, we forget his first two three years were bad. Mm-hmm. He wasn't very good. Demarco Murray watched Demarco Murray was the number one running back. Then Eddie George gave him a pep talk, told him, hey, run with your pads, run this, and then 
300 yards against the Jaguars on <laughs> Thursday night and became the best running back in the league. Literally from that game on, he was just insane. So maybe that could happen with Najee Harris, both Alabama running backs, big running backs. Maybe Derrick Henry's the one that gives him the call and says, hey, buddy, I know you got more in you. Now go do it. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see that, but who knows? It's probably not going to happen. The other big thing coming out of this game was the video of – Kenny Pickett throwing the game-winning touchdown to George Pickens, and they went up into the booth and showed the video from the booth. Every Steelers coach is celebrating, besides their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, who looks surprised and then a little sad. It came out that Kenny Pickett also audibled that play call and basically is the better offensive coordinator. How much longer is Matt Canada this offensive coordinator? I don't know why they brought him back for this year. I would have fired him right. I would have fired him at the last game before this. It can't be any worse than what they've done. Seventeen points to them is like, oh wow, they played good today. <laughs> it's like the it's like the prime Matt Nagy Bears when their offense was like really bad. That's what. It's better than this. Mm-hmm. So at least Trubisky would go out and have like a crazy play. <laughs> Pickett can't do that. Hey man. But you never know. I think Kenny Pickett, as you were saying earlier, he could be a good quarterback. It's just he needs to get away from Matt Canada. He needs the right coach in the right atmosphere. You know, I I could see a, like a potential, and I mean, he's a, he's a different player than Baker Mayfield, obviously. But the way Baker Mayfield has been able to just kind of find his groove with a team, I think Kenny Pickett has the potential to do that with a team in the future. Yeah. So we'll see how, how that goes. Let's talk about our next game going to the AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts playing the Tennessee Titans, beating the Tennessee Titans. My question with this game is, can Anthony Richardson continue to play like he's this? He's played fantastic, but he's it's like his third injury this year. Is he really running around that much? Yeah. I, I don't even think he is. It's not that he's running around that much. It's that he's running around recklessly, recklessly when he does run. It's very uh, Josh Allen-esque. I don't want this guy to get hurt. He's so talented. It's so fun to watch. The, I can't remember if it was from this week or from last week. I think it was from this week. He's literally getting driven into the turf and makes a beautiful throw as he's, like, the dude is in his chest, yeah. in his shoulder, as he's throwing, and throws, like, the most perfect ball I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. But the problem is, like, again, and it reminds me a lot of, like, the way Josh Allen was playing last season, the season before that, where it's just like he feels like he needs to be the hero. And I understand it because this Colts team is not very good, and he kind of does have to be the hero. But at the same time, why are their coaches not telling him to calm down? Maybe they're telling him he just didn't want to listen. That's just who he is. How much longer do you think this? Not much longer, but. Do you think he can continue playing like this and. Have a successful career. He can be successful. It's just not for very long. Like Cam. Eventually Cam, his shoulder was blown into smithereens. Mm-hmm. Eventually that will happen to Josh Allen. He goes back to his old ways. At least we get to see Gardner Minshew. Oh, I love Gardner Minshew. I love Gardner. He, he broke him down. He's like, hey, he was so fired. He's like, Aah! and then he was like, he came out and he said, oh, this is still Anthony's team, but I'm going to hold down for him. Great guy that he is. He got... I've always liked Gardner Mitch. He got the raw end of the deal in Jacksonville. I think he should have had a starting gig with that team for at least one year. Like, for real starting they literally gig. They literally benched him the rest of the 2020 mm-hmm. season because he was too good. Mm-hmm. He wanted to tank. I mean, he had a tremendous rookie year, 3,200 yards, 26-6 six six as a starter. Then they just decided to tank and shaft him. 
He's played pretty well this year. 500 yards, two t- no picks yet, 70 QB rating, QBR. Mm-hmm. He's going to continue to play well. He'll, I think he'll he'll get a starting job next year. Where where would you see him starting next season? I could see, say Pickett plays bad. They want to bring in a guy. Trubisky's. They're going to get rid of. He's too expensive. Yeah, they're not having another year of Mitch on the sideline. I could see that. I could see maybe. I'd like to see him in Atlanta. Mm. I could see him in um, maybe New York Giants. If Daniel Jones, they want to get just get rid of him and start over. Uh, the Rams are a possibility. I think Stafford's going to retire after this year. He's I just think so old. too. And then the way they're playing, they're not going to get have a top five pick. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they're just, playing too good. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, say Love has a bad year, they bring him in to compete with Love for the starting job. I could see that. Nowhere else really, but. He at least deserves a chance to be a bridge guy, not just a perennial backup. Mm-hmm. He's too good to be a perennial backup. It's a waste of waste of talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is an emotional year for him. I mean, his his coach, his guy that got him here, Mike Leach, passed away. He's the one that revived his career and led the league and p- country in passing. So it's going to be an emotional year for him. Uh, new team. Philadelphia kind of just said, eh, no more. He didn't look too good in a couple games there. So I'm glad he's getting an opportunity. You know, it's not easy to do what he did with Jacksonville. Than that, and then, you know, he lost a couple games for the Eagles. The only games they lost, really, other than the Commanders game. So, mm-hmm. kind of was under a lot of heat for a couple weeks there in Philly, which is a bad place to be under a lot of heat. <laughs> so I'm glad he's playing well. Sticking with this Colts team, uh, as we're starting to get low on time here. Jonathan Taylor signs the contract extension. Zach Moss balls out. Zach was, Moss looks fuck, was amazing. Was this um, contract a mistake? Uh, through one week, yeah. <laughs> through one week, Zach Moss looked amazing. I mean, I, Buffalo really gave up on him quick. He was the third-round pick. He was supposed to be their bell cow at Singletary. And they, I mean, you look at the stats here. He had solid rookie year, 481 yards, four touchdowns. Next year, okay, less carries, still four touchdowns. Last year, they he only played in five games. Uh, and they cut him. He went to Indianapolis, about five yards to carry. And then he's doing that again with f- three touchdowns already. So he's never been the best receiver. But, I mean, his second year, he had 23 catches. So eventually they'll have to give it to Taylor. But for right now, I mean, you stick with the hot hand. Mm-hmm. Um. Kind of sticking with running backs. After Derrick Henry has a phenomenal week last week, he gets 13 carries this week. What are the Titans doing, and how how much longer does Derrick Henry have on this team? They should have traded him. They should have just done full rebuild. I don't know why they still have Tannehill out there. They still have Henry out there. They signed um, DeAndre Hopkins' best game of the year, 140 yards, mm-hmm. but I don't know why they did all this. They're not going to go anywhere. Best case scenario, they win their division somehow. Maybe Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, and they get bounced the first round. But this is what they wanted to do. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Trevon Wesco is their fourth leading receiver. You remember him last year from being our backup fullback and third string tight end <laughs> on a three and fourteen team. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, we are starting to run out of time a little bit here. Before we go, let's do our offensive player of the week, defensive player of the week. 
donkey of the week and big man of the week. Exactly. Let's start off with the offensive player of the week. Who do you got? DJ Moore. I mean, eight for 233 touchdowns. Fantastic. Carry the team. Put him on his back. Come on my back. He did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going to stick with receiver two. Uh, kind of going the other guy that's pretty obvious choice, Jamar Chase. Yeah. Balled out. Um, he said he's always effing open. And, and he, he was. He was always effing open <laughs> <laughs> this week. Uh, like we mentioned before, 150 yards, three touchdowns. Fantastic game. Um, going with your defensive player of the week, who do you got? Um, I would say that I would probably go with um, Max Crosby. Phenomenal game. Four TFLs, a sack. Just absolutely every single drop that he was in, Jordan Love's face. Mm-hmm. Every play. I'm going with him. I'm going to give my defensive player of the week to another Bengals player. Um, Trey Hendrickson had two and a half sacks oh, in this game. Balled out. Um, if I could give, you know, I'll give it a dual one. I think Logan Wilson is one of the most underrated players oh, in the league. He's very and I good. Think, I, I, I think the league's good when the Bengals are good. I've always been a fan of the Bengals, and I think those two are two of the biggest reasons this yeah. team is still competitive right now. It's good when Middle America is good at football. It's always better. Always. Yes. Always. The, <laughs> the bread, the breadbasket of the nation. <laughs> the corn of the nation. <laughs> exactly. Who's your donkey of the week? I gotta give it to Matt Canada. Audible to your play. Game-winning touchdown. You're pouting like a little baby. You're you're bad. You're a bad guy. You're a bad guy. Mm-hmm. My donkey of the week is going to Sean Payton. <laughs> uh, I think he talked a whole lot of junk about Nathaniel Hackett in the offseason and then proceeded to not back it up in a game against Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, and it wasn't like Nathaniel Hackett. No. It you, was just you looked you, worse. You, you looked worse. You, you looked about what you called his team last year. Yeah. You, so far, you're doing a worse job. And I think for a guy who... Who needs Drew Brees? And I'm I'm fairly certain he needed Drew Brees based on what I've seen this season. The Drew Brees made Sean Payton, and that Saints team and those talent that they had on that team made Sean Payton. Um, after seeing what's happened so far through five weeks, I can pretty much say he might be my donkey of the year, and the Broncos in general might be my donkeys of the year. Yeah. Exactly. Who's your big man of the week? I got to give it to uh, my man Larry Borum. I've always been a fan of him, and he I thought that was his best game as a Bear. I mean, he stifled Chase Young, sweat, whoever he went against. He was getting up to the second level very well for a big guy. He's a big guy. <laughs> it's hard for him sometimes, but I was just afraid. I've always been a fan of this guy, and like he, he really he backed up my confidence. Mm-hmm. I know it's, I'm kind of being a homer with the Bears player, but there's probably... But, Better offensive defense line than him this week, but it was just nice to see one of my guys play well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with him. Um, I got two. I'm going to go with a homer uh, guy, too. First of all, Kari Blossengame. Uh, fullbacks don't <laughs> yeah, get the love. Yeah. He had to step up. Bell really, cow! Really big this week. He had to step up. And he had some pretty like solid runs. There, He was getting four or five yards uh, every time. Like I, I love him. I think he's always a guy who's played hard for this Bears team, whatever role he's been put into, even when they've been bad. So he's a guy that I think deserves a shout-out. My second big man of the week, this is just because I saw a TikTok of highlights of him yesterday, and it was set to, it's not It's not unusual to be loved by you. It was a Mike Tolbert highlight reel, mm-hmm. and it was 
awesome. Oh yeah, he was close to Carolina. Right? He was good. <laughs> he was. He was a huge. Dude. He was a round mound of pound, baby. Two hundred and fifty pounds, five nine, two fifty. He can move. He had feet. He was chopping them things. If you guys have TikTok, if you have YouTube, look up Mike Tolbert's highlight reel. It's electric. It was so much fun to watch. I loved that dude. He was like one of the first fullbacks that actually knew their name. So shout beast. out to him. I think he deserves more love in our league every day, every every night, every year, all the time. Love, love, love him. Yes, fantastic. All right, folks, that's going to do it for the Blue Jay Boys this week. If you enjoyed what you heard tonight, be sure to tune in next week, same time, same place. Hopefully we'll have Senor Diaz here with us. Um, if so, we'll have another awesome show for you guys talking NFL. If you guys tuned in halfway through our show today and you want to hear what we talked about first, go ahead and check us out on Spotify after this show. We will be posting ours on there for you guys to listen to the whole thing. Our food battle next week is going to be between Detroit and New York. We're going to have Detroit-style deep dish against a giant New York slice, so stay tuned for that. Uh, I'll be posting something on Instagram tomorrow, so be sure to comment and vote on that, and you can win 20 bucks just like our buddy Talon did tonight. All right, folks, thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Blue Jay Blue Show. You can find us on Spotify, TikTok, and Instagram. You're listening to WRSE 88.7 FM.